Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, my name's Chris Brown. I played for Preston North End between 2008 and 2011. Uh, upon retirement, I've, uh, I've started a football podcast with the big scruff, John Parkin. So I'm seeing quite a lot of him and it's, it's going well. Enjoyable. Brilliant. Uh, thank you very much for, for coming on. Really appreciate it. We no finally problem, got mate. here. Good to see you. So, your career started at Sunderland. Um, how did that come about? Were you scouted as a youngster? or I was, um, when I was at school, so I think I joined Man United when I was eight um, at the School of Excellence up in the northeast. Um, I stayed there a few years and then I started, I think I was, got to 12, 13. I was going down after school on a Friday, staying in digs, um, training on the Saturday, then playing a game on the Sunday and getting back late on a Sunday night. Yeah. Which you'd think would be every kid's dream. Um, but I absolutely hated it. I used to dread going down. I don't know what it was. There was, I don't know if it was different. I couldn't get settled. There was different different players there coming from all over the world every week. And yeah. I just felt massively out of my depth. And it was my dad that actually he came down to watch us on the Sunday and he, he pulled us afterwards and went, you're going to have to get out of there. He says, you, you just look, you shot the bits, your confidence yeah. is completely gone. So, um, do you think, do you think if he hadn't have said that, do you think you'd have sort of maybe gone to him or someone at the academy and said, look, this isn't for me. Or do you think you'd have just sort of stuck it out? I think I'd have stuck it out and just end up getting released. And I probably would have just ended up, I don't know what, but, yeah. um, I mean, the, the coach was fine. He was, I mean, that was, pro- was probably because I was, I was struggling. But as soon as I, I my old coach from Man U then went to Sunderland. He was, mm. he was from the North East Sunderland uh, fan. And he got, got on the phone straight away and said, just come and, come and join, come and join our under-14s and just enjoy your football again. And after the first session, that was, that, that was back. I, I, felt, I felt, I just felt at home. Yeah. So then I was obviously playing in the under-14s, 15s. And I, I, I I think they progressed us quite quick. I think when I was 15, I was playing in the under-19s, which back then was, was, was good. You know, I was, yeah. I was over the moon with it. And then, um, you know, there's a reserve team. It was a competitive reserve league back then. You know, playing against, I remember playing against Richard Dunn and uh, Jonathan Woodgate in, in these yeah. reserve games. I was thinking, bloody hell, this is, this is proper. It's not like it is now. So, and then it was me, me injury. I got, I got a really bad injury at 18. And uh, I think that, in a way, kind of made us it just change my attitude a little bit. It's not that I never used to work hard or whatever, but basically a surgeon said that I was finished, that I'd never played professional football again. Um, Jesus. And I, that's, that's rough at that age, isn't it? Yeah, it was 2002, so I'll have been, yes, 18 I'll have been. Um, he said, you'll be out for 12 to 15 months and the chances are you're not going to play again, uh, which was obviously... You know, I was emotional wreck at the time. Yeah. Um, but 
they sent us to something unbelievable. They sent us to to America to see Richard Stedman. Is he and, the like the the well well renowned? Yeah, so. yeah, he, he's uh, he's unbelievable, really. I mean, he wasn't what he expected. Yeah, uh, you know, because I'd heard about him before. I know a lot of sports. I think Shearer went over there for his arm. So I imagine the really outspoken, confident American to walk in the room, and he was he wasn't. He just he was an older bloke. He was probably in his seventies at the time. And he just came in and like a soft handshake and he just kind of smiled and he went, I'll look after you, son. I'll get you back. And that, since then, you know, I've never, I've never forgot that. It was just made us, everything just made us feel so much better. And it, I just made a, made a mental note to myself that, you know, I'm going to prove that surgeon that said I was finished. I'm going to prove him wrong. Yeah. Um, I'm never going to take it for granted, really. So how did you find Sunderland then? Were you, were you a fan growing up or...? Yeah, I was. I was in the. Uh, I used to go to the Roker. Uh, I was in the Roker end. Yeah. Uh, back at Roker Park, and then had a season ticket at the Stadium Malay. So you know, I was. I think I was only 10, 15 minutes away from from that, and that's just what I always wanted to do. Was it's what I dreamed of, really. You know, I yeah. bit of a cliche, and but my dad obviously played for them, and it was unbelievable. Mick McCarthy seemed to take a liking to us. Um, I think he, he does like a, quite a tall striker and he tried to mould mold us into a, a target man, which obviously he was only trying to improve us, but he used to he used to kick the crap out of us every single day in training. He'd join in, play centre-half against me and just kick us up a height just to get a reaction. Because I, ne- I never used to, even though I was six foot four, I never used to really use my body that well. Yeah. Um, he certainly uh, made it clear what how he wanted us to play and it was it was one of the best things that happened to us, really. Yeah. So how how did you find it then when you when you sort of broke into like the first team and and you started like you were on the cusp almost, if you will. Yeah, I think the reason I made my debut it was a Carlin Cup game and there was a lot of injuries and he didn't want to take any risks, so he just said, right, you're playing tomorrow night against Crew. I think we end up getting beat on penalties, but I scored two. Um, and then we played Leeds in the league on Friday night on Sky. Yeah. And I played in that game, and that, that's when I, I thought, this is, this is obviously making me my league debut for Sunderland at Ellen Road, winning the game. So from then, really, I was I was involved in the first team, whether I was yeah. starting or on the bench. Um, I, I always seemed to be in the squad. And I think I think with Mick and a, and a lot of managers, if, if they trust you, if they know that they can trust you to... to to go on and do do a job for them, then it doesn't matter how old you are. And um, I th- we end up getting promoted that season to the Premier League, which I mean, it, I thought I'd really won the lottery because I, got, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. The season, the season before, I went on loan to Doncaster, and uh, we end up winning the league. We won League Two, so then the second season got promoted to the Premier. League. I thought it's easy. This were you but born I, in Doncaster as well? I was born in Donny. My dad used to play there, so but I lived in lived in the northeast most of my life. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought I'd cracked it. But uh, it was it was class. So what what happened at Sunderland then? How did all that sort of come to an end? Because you moved to Norwich after that, didn't you? I moved to Norwich. Um, Roy Keane took over. Yeah. And I got on really well with him. Um, my problem was that before Keane took over, he uh, Niall Quinn appointed himself as manager. Oh yeah, because he was chairman, wasn't he? He was chairman, and he apparently I know Roy Keane was uh, he was all set for the job, but he decided last minute that he wanted three weeks with his family because he just finished playing. Yeah, 
Roy Keane, um, so Niall Quinn, sorry, appointing himself as the manager and offered um, Daryl Murphy a five-year contract, who was a similar type of player to me in terms of height and attributes and whatever. Yeah. Same age. And I was in the last year of my contract. But I started doing well under Quinny, and he said, right, we're going to sort you a new contract now. And then obviously Keane's come in and just brought, I think, Dwight York, Graham Cavanagh, David Connolly, brought loads of players in. And he said, I'm going to wait until January to decide on the lads. And as soon as he said that, I knew my time was up. Um, I got into a bit of, bit of stupid bother. Um, yeah, you've sp- spoken about that on, under the yeah, couch, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, but even then, Keane was, Keane was brilliant. He was, he was on the phone to us, um, yeah. supporting us a lot. It was just purely down to the fact that he probably didn't think I was good enough. I mean, he played us right up until, even after. Oh, really? Um, right. I think I came back and he got, he got us involved straight away. Um, so it wasn't a case of, and I, know, I don't know what fans are thinking, but it wasn't a case of he just completely uh, binned us. It was, he, he just didn't think I was uh, good enough to make that step up where he wanted to be. And he was, yeah. he was, he was right, you know. Um, and then at, my year at Norwich was, I was crippled with injury that year. Um, just couldn't get going from from the start. Uh, just back trouble and and, and what have you. Um, and it was funny because Glenn, Glenn Roder came in, and he, he, he another one. He, he decided that I wasn't for him. But I start. I was just training, and, and for about a three four week period, I, I was training really well. Yeah. Was, to the point where I think we were playing Bury in the cup. Um. On, on the Saturday and I was in the team yeah he, from out of nowhere I was in the freezer but he uh, he then rang us up on the Friday and said we've accepted an offer from from Preston and bear in mind I'd only signed a year before still I, I just moved into my house I didn't I didn't want to go anywhere so we had a we had a I was going to say because Sun, Sunderland to Norwich is quite a move isn't it well anywhere to Norwich is quite a move really but yeah it's weird at, at the time I, I just thought oh it's, it's normal but yeah. look, looking back I was I was 21 and then five hours away from home, like I rarely saw my family. And I'm surprised I even I even entertained that move. But um, so to be honest, when when I knew that Preston were interested, I kind of had mixed feelings at the time because I know Preston were bottom of the league. Um, obviously, I'd just moved into my house. But then after the conversation with Rod, I, I just knew the writing was on the wall, really. Yeah. But it's the best thing I ever did. You know, that, that six months from January to the end of the season, the best, the best football I ever played, I think. Yeah, well, it was un- under Alan, wasn't it, that he joined? Yeah, Alan Irvin signed us. Um, yeah. From do you know sort of anything about the move from North End's point in terms of like had they been looking at you for a while or because I don't think Alan had long been in the job, had he? No, um, but I know when I was at Sunland, Alan Irvin will have been at Newcastle as academy manager or some of the academy right, yeah, yeah. that's where he'll have, he'll have known us from um so but as soon as as soon as i met him you could tell he loved loved his football um he told us exactly how he wanted us to play where i was going to fit into his team and and my mind was made up really yeah i suppose that that for you as, as a footballer hearing hearing from your potential future manager that he's got a plan for you he sees where you're going to fit in i suppose that makes things a lot easier for you in terms of 
making a decision about whether or not to move because you, you you're being reassured early doors that you're gonna be you're gonna be playing football. Yeah, that's that's the one thing I said to him. I said I'm I'm not young anymore. I think I was twenty. 22 maybe 23 yeah. so I just want to play football now and the first thing he said was well I, you're going to be straight in the team you, you're going to be you know and I, th- I think I, you might correct us here but I think I signed Wednesday or Thursday um, I came in first day was was Friday morning but it, the pitches were waterlogged or so there was sort of the reason why at, we didn't uh, at the training ground at the training ground yeah it was probably waterlogged yeah so we went to uh, Lytham for a bacon sandwich. Didn't even, didn't even train. Just met the lads in the cafe. Um, played against Watford on the on the Saturday, um, and it, it just went from there. But I've, I don't think I played in four months. Um, something like that. Yeah. But the adrenaline got us through it, and yeah, it was that was the the, the climb off the bottom of the table. Really started then. Yeah. Well, what what was it like coming into? Obviously, you just mentioned that that we were we were bottom of the table. What was it like coming into a, like a side that that were down there and obviously we were we were we were struggling. Yeah, how how did you find it? Obviously, you, like you said, you didn't you didn't even get to train, so it wasn't even like you can get straight out on 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 the football pitch and get a ball at your feet and and show the lads what you're about. Yeah, it was it was weird because. I didn't really. I, I was like in disbelief at how they were bottom of the league. Yeah, because it was probably Alan had just started to, turning them around. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't see it when they were when they were playing playing poorly. So it was plenty of plenty of positivity and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, like great. Like, one of the first things I noticed just how how friendly everybody was. Yeah, and there's there's lads who are I'm really close friends with now. Um, I'm, obviously on my first day, people come over and make you feel welcome. And it was it was good. Uh, I'll tell you. I know you've got Hilly on, but it was uh, obviously never met him before. And on my first day, I just wanted to hide out the way because it's just really awkward. And I think somebody had told Hilly that there's a a gym class on. Somebody, all the lads are doing thingy in the gym. Take all your gear off and just run in and and do a streak. Yeah, it wasn't. It was just me sat on my own. Obviously, petrified. <laughs> I'm sat there with two dumbbells in my hand, pit like deathly science. And Hilly's just come in, Nick just wearing a pair of socks. Like, <laughs> first, first time I met him, he's just seen me going, hey, Chris, pleased to meet you. So I'm shaking Hilly's hand when he's wearing a pair of socks. <laughs> uh, I'll ask him about that. Yeah, he probably, he probably can't remember because he used to do stuff like that all the time. But yeah, he, he was... He's probably one of the best pros I played with, but he was he was an unbelievable character to have about. The lads used to slaughter him. But it was all in good it was all in good uh, good taste and he took, yeah. he took So yeah, obviously didn't didn't really notice anything when you came into North End. Um you said obviously you didn't train either. Went straight in, debut against Watford. Think if I remember correctly and from what I've read online, you got man of the match, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. How how did that feel? I know as a as a striker, you want to score, and I think you scored the game after that, didn't you? Yeah, Stoke. But obviously, first game, you didn't get the goal, but you you put in obviously a good performance because you got the man of the match trophy. Was that somewhat of a monkey off your back in terms of like settling in? Yeah, I think not as much as the goal. The goal the next week was the yeah. monkey off the bat, really. But in terms of getting me confidence to 
you know, get the get the respect of the lads because that's what it's. I mean, everyone will say the same when a new player comes in. The lads are like, what's he going? Is he going to help us out? Is he going to do a job for us? And I came in and, and started my first game and did, and did do well. Yeah, you kind of just feel at ease then with everybody else in, in who you sat next to in the changing rooms because you yeah. think that they, they trust us. They they're going to have us on board and you kind of go on from there. Yeah, you know, it's, you, I think you have. You've got to earn the trust and respect of your teammates, and the best way to do that is is playing well and and seeing them wearing a sock. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I just hope his I just hope his lad doesn't listen to this when it goes out. <laughs> nah, James, James will be fine. James is at Fleetwood as well. I think. Yeah, he's doing he? well. He's yeah, doing well. He's doing all right. I think I saw his debut. He played against. Blackpool, he went to Blackpool, wasn't Fleetwood. It? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he did well. He's a big so, one. No, he's a good man. Yeah, he is. Yeah. I don't know where he's getting that from. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Def- definitely not Mark. <laughs> um, yeah, so m- moving on from that then, I think we, are, we have to talk about the two goals against Charlton. Um, just talk me through the game and obviously the goals from your point of view. I'll tell you, there's a funny story about the night before. I um I don't know if you you listen to the, the the podcast that we do, but I'm a bad sleepwalker. Yeah. So I think when I first joined, I shared with Carl Hawley, but right. I had a couple of episodes, and he didn't take it too well. He refused to share with us. I think As I in know, room with him when you're room away. Yeah, yeah, room yeah. with him. You always have a roommate. Not well normally, but he he obviously I, I can't remember what I did to him, but it wasn't pleasant. <laughs> So it spread like wildfire around the club that I'm a bad sleepwalker. Anything could happen, don't share with him. <laughs> so, I mean, I was happy. You know, I was buzzing with it because you want the room on your own. Happy yeah. days. Um, so down at Charlton, I'm sharing on my own. And I've woke up in the middle of the night thinking that somebody was in my room. Yeah. Somebody stood at the end of my bed. So I've just, obviously, as you do, panicked picked my quilt up and just legged it out the door and sprinted down the corridor, still still asleep. So I've gone down and I just, I remember it clear as day. There was a Hindu just coming in, like from, from a night out. It was like yeah, three in the morning. Yeah. And they've just turned and looked and I'm sweating. Like I've got tea, like beads of sweat, quilt under my arm, pair of boxers on. And I've just had to like style it out as if I was, that's what I was doing, walking down the corridor at three in the morning in my boxers. So I've just, <laughs> I've just cr- done a Cruyff turn and just slowly walked back. <laughs> and then I thought, I haven't got a room key. So oh, I, shit. Yeah, I locked myself out. <laughs> there was a, a, a phone right next, to me, right next to me thingy. So I had to ring the, the reception to get somebody to come up. And he didn't even ask. He just went, I don't want to know. And he stood there flipping, sweating. <laughs> so then, yeah, then I go out the next day and probably play the best game I've ever played. So we, when you woke up in the morning, then I, do you remember it when you when you sleep? Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I, I've done all like it is dangerous. I've woke up in in pools of blood, knocked me bedside lamp off, cut my finger open. Jesus! I had ex girlfriends by the neck. Um, went on a pre season trip with I was with Doncaster at this point, and I was sharing a room with James' husband, and I've I've actually got him by the neck, thinking that he's got a knife. So I've got one hand on his neck and one hand on his hand, thinking he's got a knife. So yeah. I'm screaming. Billy Painter's come running in. What's, what's going on? Just 
Jesus. Yeah, so it's it's pretty bad then. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh, uh, but, so, but, yeah, yeah. So when when you wake up in the morning and you're thinking about the night before, how are you, are you thinking that's going to affect you on on the day or in the game, or are you just thinking? Yeah. Not really. No, no. Just it's almost funny. I, I I told the lads and I think they were like, "You're going to be a bag of shit today." <laughs> uh, I thought I need to play well here, or else, or else it's gonna. Uh, you want to get in the net. But um, we went we went one nil up early. Did I score? Was it about fifteen minutes? I scored me first. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I knew as, as soon as the game, I was up against Sodji. I don't know if it was Sam. Might have been Sam Sodji was centre half, yeah. and I think the first five minutes, uh, he he came and I just. I think I was a lot taller than him. And I knew then that it, it, it was going to be my day. Yeah. Uh, I think Paddy McCarthy was the other centre-half. and um, I can't remember where we were in the league at that point, but I know that it was a big, a big away win. Yeah. Um, because they equalised, didn't they? Uh, yeah, Paddy, I think Paddy so. Scored. Paddy scored to make a one-all and then, um, yeah... Ran, I couldn't, can't find the goal anywhere. And someone tagged us in it the other week. This the second goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, had a, I had a look on YouTube the other day. I couldn't find it on YouTube. It's hard to, yeah. it's hard to find, isn't it? Mm. It's, it's weird because I know the clubs used to do like highlights and stuff back then. but Yeah, I don't know. They must, they must just have been on um, like club websites and stuff. Yeah. One of the best games I've, I've ever been involved in that. How did you feel afterwards then? Were you buzzing? Oh, just Obviously. Top, top of the world. I remember I went, I went out in Manchester. I think we had a game on the Tuesday, but that was the thing. In, in that six months, I probably live in terms of my lifestyle was, was the worst it's ever been. You know, I was, yeah. I, only because I knew that I, w- I was flying in the games. It was, it was weird. So I went out Saturday night. And I remember I, I rang somebody at like five in the morning singing, singing songs and, you know, just, just buzzing on... On, on what had happened, yeah. But yeah, it was uh, it was great, great times, man. So what? Obviously, you, you said you came in and things had already started to turn. But what do you think it was that Alan sort of brought with him that that led to that happening? And obviously, we we ended up staying quite comfortably in the end. Yeah, it was just I noticed straight away his organisation. He was always yeah. onto the defence, um, but as, as well, we had some good players. That's another thing. I, I was like, how are they bottom of the league? Yeah. Like Ledger, Billy Jones, Paul McKenna. Yeah. Mels. So I knew that we just needed a bit of organisation. And that's what I used to work on a lot. Hmm. Um, and we didn't concede that many goals. We went on a bit of a cup run, if I remember. And all the lads were just, were just buzzing. Yeah. I think, I think it was um, Mels when I had him on. He was maybe my fourth or fifth guest, something like that. And he, he said he remembered when Alan came in, um, he showed the squad a video of the defence. I think it was Neil that said this, I can't remember. But he, he showed the, the lads a, a video of the defence and how it was under Paul Simpson. And he I think he showed, he said he, he showed him a video of like Liverpool or United or England or something like that and said, look at the difference in terms of your shape and their shape. You're all over the shop. And he was like, I'm not saying that you're on that level sort of thing but there's plenty of improvement to to make and I think like I said I think it was Neil that said it but whoever it was was like do you know what he's like, he knows his he knows his stuff yeah. this guy because I remember him referring back to that video as well 
as a, using it as a positive. Yeah, so obviously yeah, yeah. It was all about pushing. I used to want the defence to get high, like get higher, and yeah. if the ball is cleared out the box, just everybody get out the box as one. And and he showed that he used to always go back to the, the video that you were on about. Mm. So then, how we are now, and just yeah. so that that's where that's where we want to be. And it was it. Was, I was it playing in games. I think we just looked so comfortable. Yeah, and that was, um, that was his organisation. Just just how good do you think Ledge actually was? He was he was unbelievable playing against him every day in training. Yeah. It was all, I think I think he's like obviously we've got we've got a pretty good defence at the moment with Patrick Bauer and Ben Davis. We've had obviously good defenders in the past. But I think f- for me, Ledge is, is one of my one of my favourites. But I think he, he gets overlooked a few like sometimes when, when people look back and like I've seen obviously there's no football to talk about at the minute and I've seen a lot of people sort of tweeting about former players and all that sort of stuff. And like Yulma when he gets mentioned quite a lot, Chris Lachetti. Um, obviously the two lads that are playing now and, and I notice Sean doesn't really get that much of a look in which I think is not unfair because obviously everyone's entitled to their opinion but yeah I think I think he gets overlooked quite 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 often yeah he's, he's one of the best uh, best defenders I've played with and I think if you ask the other strikers as well they, they'll probably say the same yeah um, good was, lad uh, as well by all accounts yeah he's a great he's a great lad Sean um, I hope he's, he's He's obviously retired now, um, and we did a a podcast last week for the for the club about the the playoff season, and yeah. he was on that. And, um, he said he felt better from speaking about you know the good times and stuff. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, so <clears throat> obviously we ended up staying up quite comfortably that that season. Um, what what was the vibe like heading into the the following season? Was was everyone sort of really positive? Obviously, we ended up like I said, staying up really comfortably and no threat of relegation. Was it was it just sort of let's go into next season see where things go, or was the target set internally like let's try and hit the playoffs? Or no, he never he never really set us any targets. Um, I mean, I know you loads of lads have mentioned these pre seasons how hard they are. Yeah. Um, but he just, I think at the end of the season, he went, on our first day back, we're training for the strongest. So I think Chappie was probably the, the fittest. He, he used to plan his sessions around him. And if, if you would drop below that, you just you just had to catch up. You just had to deal Jesus. with it. Yeah, he said, we're training for the fittest. So it was it was from the off. First yeah. day, that, that was it. Um, and that obviously set us off then to, for, for an unbelievable season, really. Yeah, it was... Yeah, it was special. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, it was it was frustrating for me personally because um, I, I forgot to mention when, the the reason why I, I was I felt so good in them six months playing Saturday Tuesday was Steve Kemp. Mm. Um, I spoke about it on on the other podcast, but Steve Kemp was the physio at the time, and he was he just he was a magic man. Yeah, he um, he got me hundred percent for nearly every game. Uh, yeah. I don't know how. I've never been able to replicate it since. Um, and he left. He, uh, so the, the new physio tried to do the same kind of stuff and it just didn't really work. Yeah. So then, I got, then I got a lot of nerve trouble in my back and that's where I missed the start. I'm sure I missed the start of the season, um, of that season, which is why party came in. Yeah. <clears throat> um, well, just, just on Parky then, what, what was it like when he came in? So obviously I've I've spoken to him about it from his point of view, from yeah, from someone that was already there. How was it? 
I was injured, so I, ne- I never really, I don't think I'd met him. Yeah. I don't, I, I can't, I think he spoke about it before that he, he got thrust into the team. Yeah, he did. So I, I didn't, I didn't really get to know party properly until I was back training and stuff. Um, but yeah, he, he, he definitely wasn't shy, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he still isn't. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, another, another big point from that season, um, I think you can probably guess was the was the Blackpool game. Yeah, obviously for North End fans, it's massive. Uh, but what what was the feeling like with the squad, like and the build up to it? Like, did uh, did you all know sort of how big a game it was? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the kit men, the kit men were obviously big Preston fans. Used to speak about it, and as long as we beat the lashes, that's what that's all they used yeah. for. And uh, yeah, that, that was a that was a good day, and we we were just better than them. Yeah, because I think we were we were one nil down at half time as well, or did we go what? No, maybe we weren't one nil down. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Did we must have scored three second half goals then? Um, I can't remember if I know. Obviously, you scored the first, then Mel's, and then you again. Yeah, I, I, from what I remember, they're all in the same goal. So it must have been second half. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm guessing then you don't really remember what half time was like. No. <laughs> uh, n- normally I can, but for some reason, it might have been because I went out that night and can't remember much about the night either. So, and the fact that he scored two goals in the second half as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but he he must have, uh, and I can't remember how we were playing because Alan was always fair. You know, he, he did, if you were one nil down, he didn't come in ranting and raving for the sake of it. If yeah. you were playing well, he'd, he'd tell you, he'd tell you to keep doing what you were doing. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it was if it was something along them lines. Right. That we were massively in the game, just keep doing what you're doing and you'll you'll get a result and we do. Yeah. I bet you've not had many easier than the second one though, have you? Nah. Nah. <laughs> I can't I'm just trying to I think it was Mel's put it across and then Chappies. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, did you was, did you not fancy following uh following Neil's antics for a celebration? Getting in the getting in the mixer. Which <laughs> was brilliant. Uh, what I remember about that, I think it was Callum Davidson because we all ran to the, it was like the halfway line wasn't it yeah and I think so yeah once we're all back in our half they can kick off so Callum was pushing us back into the into their half so, or else they'd have just been able to kick off and go and right, start yeah 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 that well, wouldn't have been an idea Callum. risk assessment Davidson <laughs> <laughs> I think John John mentioned that he was um, was he in charge of the fines as well yeah he said he was always sat at the door and Parky said he used to walk in with the talking clock on and be like, fuck you, I'm not paying you today. Yeah, every every day. <laughs> but that, that was it. Everybody used to used to muck in. Yeah. You know, everyone always paid the fines and it was just summed up the changing room, really. Yeah, good bunch. Yeah. Yeah, so the playoffs, what, what was it like from... Well, in fact, before that, was, we'll touch on the QPR game. Um, obviously, we'd had the six 0 against Cardiff. I think did you, Parky, and Mel's all scored in that, didn't you? Yeah, I came on and scored. I think. How, how was that? From sort of like, did you realise how big it was in terms of like the push for the playoffs? No, because we were still so far off it. Yeah, I think I think it might have been a, some of the lads might have gone. Tell you what, we're still in with a shout. Some just something like that. A, th- a throwaway yeah. comment at that time. Because uh, we were so far off. Goal difference as well. Obviously, that pulled us back. Yeah. Uh, was there three games left after that? 
wasn't many. Wasn't many. So we we, we 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 thought you know we'll keep doing we'll keep doing what we're doing, but we we didn't think anything. Yeah, I think ultimately it turned out that Lana's penalty save was massive. Yeah, I mean yeah. obviously the fact that we scored six as well, but if if we'd have just conceded that one, I think Cardiff would have got got in there above us on on goal difference. Yeah. It's just it's a miracle, really. Yeah, and then obviously there's the there's the QPR game. I was actually in the changing room that day. Um, I've got a picture in the changing room with Parky and one with um, with Sean as well. I, don't, I think I was in my first year at college, um, and I'll send you the picture of me and Sean after see what you think of it. But Parky absolutely pissed himself when he saw it. <laughs> he was like, he said, "Fucking hell, you like two peas in a pod, you two. <laughs> I had awful hair. I mean, I know it's not much better now, but <laughs> but yeah, when when Sean obviously scored, it was just pandemonium in the stadium. There's not many that that I've I've come away from Deepdale thinking like it, they were as good as that. Yeah, I can only imagine what it must have been like for you boys. Do you know what? We spoke about it last week, and I didn't realise there was still 20 minutes left when Ledge scored. I think it was 74th minute he scored. Was it? Yeah, I, I remember it as like last last five minutes or something. Five minutes. Yeah, same. But Jesus. it was seventy fourth minute, and um, I remember when the second goal went in that it, the stadium just erupted. Yeah, it, it was it was unbelievable. And it, it was a it was a really nice day as well. Yeah, like lovely yeah. weather. Yeah, and that's when we found out Parky had a long throw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think some when when I put on social media that, I was, that I'd got Parky on, I think someone said, "Ask him, ask him why he kept that secret for so long." I never did, yeah. but yeah, he, he, I don't think he did it much, too many times after that either, did he? No, that's the f- first and last, I think. <laughs> what a time! No. So how 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 were you boys heading into the playoffs? Obviously, the, there was the massive high after the QPR game. I think fans went on the pitch and. Yeah. So, how how do you try and come down from that as a as a group of players and, and get ready for arguably the two biggest games of any footballer's career? Uh, it, it was hard, and if you remember that, I think the last game was the Sunday. Yeah. The playoff game was the Friday. Yeah. So physically, it it was always going to be tough. We're talking about red hot day, getting getting recovery and and what have you. But also emotionally as well, it was like I don't know if we peaked. A, a QPR game it felt like we'd been promoted there and then you know with yeah, the yeah. fans on the pitch the lap of honour it felt to then have to go again yeah, yeah. I just thought we we fell short just that was one of the main reasons I just it was hard to get back up there again yeah uh, back up to the levels yeah and and both the, both games were tight and stuff but I just think they were they were comfortable second yeah. half of the second leg I thought I, I did think they were comfortable which is frustrating yeah. Um and I know there wasn't a lot in think it was one goal one goal that's decided it, but I think it was always going to be tough after yeah. after getting there. I mean, a few of the lads said that no, that I, I felt that it was it was written that we were gonna we were gonna go up. But in the back of my mind I'm thinking is as that as that took out of us a lot of Yeah. You know, I, I have to admit, I mean I was what where... How many was it? Two thousand and nine? Yeah, it was. So I'd have been twenty eight now. Fuck it, I don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I was in college anyway, and and I think for, I remember thinking back the other day when I was 
prepping for this and my overall feeling was I wasn't overly confident and I mean I don't obviously I'm aware of North End's dire record in the playoffs but I'm not old enough to say that I went to the Bolton final I went to the West Ham final so I've experienced two of them but that wasn't something that played on my mind I just didn't feel massively confident And, and like you say I don't know if maybe like the buzz and the high of the QPR game was as well for, for me as a fan was something that took it out of me a bit. Yeah, and I, I can't remember what the atmosphere was like in the home in our home game. I don't know if that was a bit flat as well. I, I think it was. I think I think yeah, if I remember correctly, I think it was a bit. Um, what's the word? Like arsy from the fans. I think there a few started getting on the backs of players and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, I think we battered them first half. I think we could have been two or three up in yeah. the first half against them. Um, obviously, we live to regret that. But um, yeah, I think another one is the because uh, Alan changed formation for the second leg. Yeah, we played we played the four four two all season, and he's obviously he's very meticulous in his planning and stuff. He he thought that we could get at them um, in a different way. Yeah, um, but Kyle Walker and um, Kyle Norton absolutely destroyed us in the second leg because yeah. we didn't play wingers. We had, I mean, our start of the game it was me and Johnny up front and Ross was in behind. So yeah. we played, it was like a diamond. So we didn't have any cover out yeah. wide. But Kyle Walker and Kyle Norton absolutely destroyed us. Um, but I mean, t- talking about halftime, I think that was the biggest bollock and I've, I've seen, uh, I've seen Alan give. He was in the second leg. In the second leg, yeah. He just went, went, went around everybody. And you, you, you shit that you shit that just but it just didn't work the, yeah. the formation didn't work um, even though there wasn't a lot in the game just so Billy, Billy missed a chance as well didn't he yeah yeah um, it was just Ross was, Ross was our best player Ross yeah. Wallace so uh, I think I could see why he was doing it playing him in behind but just get, get him on the wing and and let him do what he does best. Yeah. But, you know, we were two games, well, one game away from the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. You know, looking back at the time, I thought, I didn't think it was that much of an achievement or that much of a big, as as big of a game as it was. But looking back now, you, you see these playoff games and you think, it's massive. Yeah. And we were, we were like, touching distance. Yeah, I, I kind of, I feel the same looking back. I never sort of really quite grasped just how big it was um, and like you say looking back and when you're watching the playoffs now it's it's huge I mean and you look three years three four years later you're Preston are in league one yeah yeah it's, uh, but yeah it's, it's funny how things happen isn't it yeah um, yeah so the following season I think we ended up we got off to an okay start. Um, no, we got off to a good start. We got, I think we were in the top three early doors. Yeah, and then, then it petered away, that, didn't it, a little bit? Yeah, we, we went, I think we won one in ten, um, which, is, which led Alan getting sacked. But I yeah. think we were still only mid-table. I think, if I, because if I, it was Christmas time, I think I said this, I've said this on a few podcasts, um, I was in, my grandparents lived in Dubai when I was growing up, so me and my mum and dad were out there for Christmas, and I remember, I can't remember who we played, but I remember the game before we got sacked, 
and I remember reading something in the LEP or on the comments on the LEP um, about he was playing Paul Parry at left back or something. Uh, and people were just kicking off saying like, why is he doing that? Blah, blah, blah. Because I think Callum might have been injured. Right. And then obviously he ended up, he got sacked and, and the, the jump from how the fans were after the defeat to how a lot of them, if I remember correctly, were shocked at him being sacked. I'm thinking like, well, you know, it's on the one hand, you're all slagging him off and, and then the next news, you're like, oh, bloody hell, he's, he's been sacked. Yeah. But yeah, I think Sergi Lonas, Mel's and John have all said that when they heard about him getting sacked, they couldn't, they couldn't believe it at the time. Yeah. We were all gutted, yeah. which is rare, really. Because normally in a changing room, when when a manager gets sacked, there's there's the lads that are in the team, they're buzzing. Yeah, because they they've got a chance of getting back in. Um, but every single player was it, it was it was devastating. Just couldn't believe it. Nah, nah, it was a disgrace. So obviously, then Darren Ferguson comes in. How how did you find him? I got on well with him straight away. Really, um, yeah. uh, he. he Played us quite a lot at the start, anyway, um, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed his style, and um, but you could see the the shape of the team had just completely gone. Yeah, um, I don't know why I, I, we just weren't all, as organised, and we we did struggle. Um, he brought he brought some lads in from United. Yeah, um, who obviously gone on to do unbelievable things in their careers. Um, but yeah, it was a shame, really, because it never, it never really worked out. What? Why do you think that was? Um, you think it was his his methods, or I don't know. I, I mean, if you remember, we only just really stayed up, yeah. which is shocking in itself. From from being in such a good position, I know we were mid table, but we'd we'd have come, we'd have gone on another run with Alan. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I think Keith Keith Tracy uh, pulled us out the out the shite against Scunthorpe to beat them three two. Yeah, which made us safe, which we should never have been in that position. Uh, but I remember the pre the following pre season, um, we seemed to have three or four different ways of playing. He'd, we'd work on something for a week, then he'd change it. Like we'd work on being like Barcelona when when we lose the ball for pre- like six seconds to get the ball back and yeah. And we changed formation and it it just didn't going into the season we thought we don't know how we're playing here. You know Yeah, what are we actually supposed to be doing? Yeah, and it was it was tough. Um two different boys because Kevin Russell, who was his assistant, um, you know, he, he took a lot of the stuff, Darren took a lot of the stuff. Um and he he got it, I don't know if it was coming from above, but he wanted rid of quite a few big lads, big characters. Yeah, there's the the bomb squad, as it's been called, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, that was tough. And it, it does happen. It happens at every club. Mm. But I think he put. I think he'll probably regret like segregating them. Yeah. Um, if, you, if, if it was Alan, I'll use Alan example. He'd have kept everybody the same. Yeah. He'd have let them train. And obviously, I had private conversation with them and said, right, if, if you get a club, then you're free to leave. But while you're here, you're obviously still involved. And that would have been completely fine. Yeah. But like the lads were having to train around the back and they were running around the pitch, laughing and joking, taking the piss. And 
it was just wasn't a good environment to to start a season really. Yeah. Um, how how did you you move away come about then? It was I was out of contract and F- Phil Brown was manager. Oh and, yeah. Yeah, Phil Brown was manager, and I got I got on really well with him with, with Phil Brown, and he wanted to keep us. Yeah. Um, but he he was concerned about me me back me, me fitness and stuff, so he he paid for a physio to work with us over the summer. Yeah. Um, out of his own money. Um, still obviously saying he was he was haggling with the board to get get the budget to to give us a new contract and stuff. Um, but then I, th- I, read, I think I read it in the paper that that I wasn't getting another contract. Uh, so I, I think I did send him an RC text, um, and he sent one back apologising, just saying that the, the the rug was swept under his feet or whatever. Yeah. Uh, just wishes all the best, and it, it was fine. It, yeah, it was, I was probably did need to need to move on, but um, that's when I think I rang Sean O'Driscoll. He was manager at Donny, mm. and it was like early July at this point, so a lot of teams were back. Yeah, um, but I just rang him up myself. Um, Did you know him? No, no, and I knew because I'd been there. I'd been at Donny before when I was younger, um, so it was the same chairman. So I kind of knew that he he wanted us to come back. Yeah, but I'd, rather than getting agents involved and whatever, I think it always looked better when if you if you bring the manager yourself because you you know you. You're having a proper conversation with yeah showing people. showing a bit of something about yourself as well aren't you yeah um but they, again injuries i think that was that was about donny was up and down um yeah. lot, i think i had knee operations and whatever we end up getting relegated that year into league one um and then mr dean saunders came along <laughs> how was that <laughs> he was uh one of the funniest blokes I've ever met. Just couldn't. He just wasn't a manager. I couldn't, couldn't take him seriously, really. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. He's one of the reasons that I stopped listening to talks for a long time ago. Really? Ah, uh, just he used to wind me up. Yeah, I th- yeah. He, he's he's perfect for talks, but yeah, could tell him to say anything, and he'd, he'd he'd say it. But in terms of like stories and that, he used to he used to crack us up, man. He's he's unbelievable. Just the his accent. Yeah, it was just a comedy show. <laughs> it was. It was I don't know if you boys mentioned it. I remember the Kosh. Um, something about him coming into training with like, like offering prizes for winners in small sided games, and it'd be yeah. like, was it like fridges and TVs and or a racehorse or something like that? Yeah, there was a racehorse involved. Um, I think it was like for best trainer or best goal or stuff. He, to get morale up when he first came, he said, uh, right, the best player gets this, the best yeah. ball gets this. And this went on for a few weeks and it was just, it was just hilarious. There were, the prizes, <laughs> as, the, as time went on, the prizes got shitter. So there was like a box of used electrical goods, which consisted of a, tooth, a toothbrush, uh, a razor without the lead, a uh, TV remote. Just hilarious. A knife, <laughs> a kitchen knife, like a proper full on. It was it came in a box, and he opened this thing up, and it was like a sword. Yeah. What's anybody going to do with that? <laughs> it's his match reports, though. He used to do, so that about the, this game that you win prizes for. He used to do a match report for it. What, was, a written one? 
Yeah, so so he'd write it out, but he he'd, he'd get the um, he'd get the analyst to hand him a sheet of paper with with it all on, pretending that it's come from the the reporter, the Doncaster Evening News or whatever it was, yeah. the, whatever. So he, you'd hear him would be on the bus for a away game, for example, and he'd get the mic and he'd just tap on the on the on the mic, so then everybody'd just be quiet. You go, I've just been handed this from Steve Hossack from the Doncaster, whatever. Um, and he'd go through all the players, giving them a marking out of 10 and a brief <laughs> summary of the performance. So it would be Brown, four, too busy stretching. <laughs> Tommy Spur, five, way out of his depth. But he'd always join in Saunders. So it would be Saunders, nine, on another planet. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how he plays with, with these players. Just like... <laughs> And the lads are on the floor howling, man. And then at oh. the end, I think party won a left-handed golf clubs or some at one time. <laughs> it just sounds mad. But we were top of the league. Like we were awful to watch. Yeah, so, some it was working. Yeah, we we. I mean, he, to be fair to him, his recruitment was very good. He signed big Rob Jones and Jamie McCoon, centre half, just six foot nine or whatever they are. Um. And we used to just win games 1-0. Terrible to play and terrible to watch. But we end up getting getting top of the league and he left that he fucked off then to Wolves. Um Did, was that the season you ended up going up as well? Yeah, he left at Christmas, just after Christmas he left. And uh Brian Flynn and Rob Jones took over. And I was out the team. I was I was in and out with with injury and out of you know struggling. But Rob put us straight in. And that was me and the team for the rest of the season then. And um Got another another promotion in the tank. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so, what was your what was your best moment from your time at North End? Um, got to be Charlton. Yeah, got to be Charlton. Yeah, I just I remember just feeling on cloud nine after the game. Con- just, considering the night before as well. Yeah, yeah. How it could have gone. I wonder what. I know. I'm thinking. I wonder what I'm going to get up to tonight. <laughs> in my sleep that is not yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I've got a question here for you from someone that you might know uh, John Parkin oh brilliant he's asking what was it that you used to leave all over his house when you moved in with him socks <laughs> so I used to I used to play uh, FIFA online yeah I used to, I used to get quite competitive with so I moved headset on and I didn't really get involved in my headset, but I used to play with my mates and it was it got to the point where if, if you lost, you, you, the PlayStation thingy was going out the window. Yeah. But I used to get sweat. I'm a, quite a sweaty character. So I used to just get sweaty feet. So I'd just take them off, like mid-game. I'd take yeah. them off, roll them up quickly and just like put them down the side of the sofa and think, oh, I'll take them up after. And just forget he, about them. I'd just forget about them. I think he was on loan, so he'd come back and obviously do a bit of a spring clean, lift one... Um, pushing up and there'd be like six pairs of Nike socks just <laughs> <up>. <laughs> yeah. well it, yeah FIFA, I mean he's literally never used to get to watch Peppa Pig because I was playing FIFA seasons <laughs> I, mean, uh, I, th- I think I think I'd rather watch FIFA than Peppa Pig oh no, same that's what that was my argument yeah <laughs> um, who was the best player you played with in North End um, St Ledger yeah. So it was between St. Ledger and Kenner. Billy Jones yeah. was up 
Ken, Ken has got a couple of mentions recently. Um, I, I think, again, he's probably another one that only now that he's, obviously he's retired now, but after he left, I think people started to appreciate just how good he was. Yeah. He, he, he deserved his, uh, his movie. I know he was he was 30 plus when he, he got a, a decent movie. He, he deserved that. Yeah. He deserved the chance to go and try and, and play in the Premier League. Yeah. Because he, he was brilliant, man. I, I always remember when I was growing up, but even before I started going on North End regularly, people saying to me, if, if he was a foot taller, he'd be in the Premier League. Tell you what, though, he was the best header ball that we had. Yeah, he had some leap on him, didn't he? Yeah. Remember from, because Alan Irving used to get him to mark the striker from goal kicks, from their goal kicks, Kenner would pick them up. Yeah. And defence to drop. And the amount of headers that Kenner's won against six foot plus players was a joke. Yeah. Yeah, because he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't the biggest lad, was he? Nah. Nah. Um, so if, if you could go back and give yourself some advice from while you were at North End what would it be? Um, I just may, I just wouldn't want Steve Kemp to leave I'd, whatever it took to keep him at the club I'd have uh, I'd have kept him there um, because I was I was because I'd never played two games a week before that yeah, when I was at Norwich, and so I was it used to take us a week to recover from a game, like 19, 20 year old. But for whatever he did, I still don't know what he did to me back. You know, adjusting me back, get me yeah, back. Yeah. For that six months, uh, you know, I, th- I think at the end of that, so I was only there a few months. I think Huddersfield bid a million pound. Stan Ten tried to sign us for a million pound at the at the end of that. So after, that was after playing. I can't remember how many games I'd, I'd played at the, in in that spell. But he was going. He wanted to sign us for that for that money and that was just that was down to Kempney yeah so that, that, that's the only thing after you had um, Glenn Little on thinking back are you glad that you didn't end up signing for Stan nah I, I, cause me, I think my dad's played for him oh, my dad it? played under him um, and, it, and my dad's told us a few stories as well but yeah I, I think I loved him worth, think, worth yeah. risking it for a bottle of bud <laughs> yeah I'd take what I, <laughs> I'd take a smash glass over the head if he played us. <laughs> um, I've got another one here for you. I'll let you guess who this one is from as well. Um, but he says, what happened when you gave Chappie a clip? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would... Do you know what? Fergie had just taken over. I think he'd only taken two training sessions and we didn't have a game. It was a free week. I don't know if it was international or FA Cup weekend or whatever. So he gave us the weekend off. And we've all gone out. I think we went into Hill. Me, Billy Jones, Mel's, Chappie. Um, and they're all staying in my house. So we're all, we've probably had too many drinks. I mean, Chappie have ended up, you know, Ch- Chappie was drunker than what I was and he was having a, he was having a pop and I, I was winding him up. I was yeah. like laughing and just basically stoking the fire. And this went on for, for a couple of hours where he just, he was just sat on his own, sulking. So then uh, I've kind of gone over and I've, I've said, come on, mate. I, I think I bought him a drink and said, yeah, I've, I've a... And he's kind of like pushed it out of my hand. Yeah. So I said, well, you're not staying in my house. So just stay in a hotel and we'll sort it out tomorrow. So me and Billy had, had gone back on the dance floor. And I seen them, him, uh, him and Mel's had left. So I just text Mel saying, don't go back to mine. Just stay in a hotel. And I think he texts... No, I text Chappie. And Chappie's texted straight back summer. Uh not very complimentary. <laughs> so my head's gone. And uh, 
jumping in a taxi with Billy. Billy was like my lap dog. So he was like, come on, Bill, we're going. <laughs> but he, just, he was just walking behind us. Uh, so yeah, I ended up getting back to mine and I had a, had a tear up in my front room. Jesus. Um, he, rang us, he rang us the next morning, apologised, and we, we, were, we were still good mates now. Yeah. The worst thing was going in Monday morning because my hand was all over the place. Worst thing, obviously, one day into the job, he's getting a player knocking on the door with a, a broken hand. It was, that, <laughs> it was like my fourth knuckle as well. So it, yeah. it could, only, could only have ever been that. But Johnny Sumner, the masseur, was also the, he worked in the hospital doing the casts, you know, the right. pops. Yeah. So I've, I've rang him up and I said, I need, I need some help. What can I say this is? And it, it was, it was icy. He said, right, just say you were taking the rubbish out you slipped with a bin bag and you've landed and like almost punched the floor, if you like. Right, yeah. This is right, I'll go with that. So the gaffer was in there with uh, Rooster, Kevin Russell. Yeah. And as soon as I've told him this story, he's just burst out laughing. <laughs> just went, get the fuck out of my office. <laughs> like sound, but I had to wear this uh, protective cast for six weeks or whatever. Bloody hell. But yeah. Did he, did he ever find out, Darren? Nah. I think it was one of them ask no questions, tell no lies. Yeah. He, just didn't, he, just didn't, he just didnn't want to know. And I, and I think I was training all right at the time, so he just didn't really get involved. But yeah. I mean, Chappie laugh about it now. Yeah, I remember he used to, because uh, it was, only, I think it was his head. So we used to play the Nintendo Wii Mario Kart and he used to change his name to Hardhead. <laughs> <laughs> he ended up breaking my hand. <laughs> um, so have you got any... Any memories that stick with you from your time at North End that you haven't already shared? Um, or any stories or anything like that? Yeah. The uh, away trips are always good. When I, the, the, that, the first, first six months of away trips were brilliant. We used to live for them, in fact. Um, so we'd, I'd just get ex-players on sale. I think I, it started with getting Brett Ormerod yeah. doing a wine. So I'd ring Brett and wind him up about his tax, unpaid tax. But obviously, pretend to be from the inland revenue. Um, I rang the, the keeper coach, um, saying something about an old car that he, he hadn't returned or whatever. And obviously, I've got this on speakerphone, on loudspeaker, and all the lads are around us. <laughs> I, used scout, I used to do a Scouse accent, and Brett and Timsey were absolutely few, like raging down the phone. Yeah. Obviously, all the lads are hiding behind the curtains, trying to hold the laugh in. <laughs> But then it just went on and on. Like, then I morphed into Les Parry, you know, the ex tramway manager. Yeah. I'd, I'd um, bring people pretending to be the tramway manager trying to sign players. So, <laughs> I'd, honestly, I'd ring, I rang Peter Taylor and I had one of his players signing for Bradford. Uh, sorry, signing from Bradford. Just, I'd ring, I'd ring an agent. It, the lad, he's at Preston now. Um, Louis Moult, is it? Oh, Louis Malt, yeah, yeah. I, I had him on loan to tram me, you mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. He, um, I rang his agent, and he, his agent was touted, because he was at Stoke at the time. Yeah, yeah. Stoke, and he, was, he must have been trying to get out, and his agent was from offering his services to Les Parry. <laughs> <laughs> Ron, we ran, uh, Ledge gave us uh, Ron Atkinson's number. So I rang Big Ron. He's, he's in on, uh, driving down the, the M1 or whatever. And I've got him to come into Tramia as head of football because he, he did it at Peterborough, didn't he? Yeah. That TV show. So I said I wanted him to come in as a consultant and he was all over it. <laughs> <laughs> he, wanted, he was talking money and everything. Just lapping it up. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> so we uh, the amount of people that we ran it was it was incredible. But by then there was a, there was like fifteen lads in in the room listening to this phone Just waiting call. for it. Yeah. How the hell did you keep your cool doing that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I need to get back doing it. I need to. We need to get get it on the podcast. Probably. I was going to say get get doing some on the pod. Yeah, it was. Uh, but then we saw we um, Fergie used to get us into Carrington, Man United's training ground. Yeah. When I was was knackered, and we walked in one day, and there was the man himself, Les Parry, <laughs> and all the lads just like hit the boy. He didn't know what we were laughing at. But we yeah. all just shook his hand and went, you don't know how many good times you've given us, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, last one, then. If you could put a five-a-side team together from players that you've played with, who would it be? You can include yourself if you want, if you want to make it easy. At Preston? No, just through your career. Right. I mean, all you can do, just Preston if you want. It's up to you. Um, I'll go just Preston. Yeah. I'll go Lon is in goal. Yeah. Billy and Ledge. Billy Jones, St. Ledger. Paul McKenna. How many is that? Four. Yeah. And I'm going to go... Carl Hawley. Because Carl, was, Carl was my first strike partner. And he's still a good mate I guess that in a million years. He was, just, he was just brilliant to play with. Yeah. He was uh, a great... Like, we, we got on really well. Um, and I, that's just one thing that because he, he he was my strike partner in the first game, so he always uh, it's just one thing I always remember how welcome he made us feel. Yeah. Um, and he was a good player. If it, he's you talk about Kenner being a being tall, Holly would have been a, an unbelievable player yeah, if he was. Because I think Simo brought him in, didn't he? I think. Yeah, he was on yeah, fire at Carlisle. I was going to say he had him at Carlisle, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but it, it's more of a sentimental one with with Holly. He was just a great lad. He made us feel welcome. Yeah. Um, And he was just a a good, honest lad. Fair enough. Well, yeah, unless you've got anything else you want to say or anything to add, then I think we can can wrap it up. Nah, enjoyed that, mate. Cheers. Thank you very much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Not man, Jake.